Hey you guys, this is April, also known as The Soul Coach. This is episode 25. Alright you guys, so this is what you guys have been waiting for. I have my friend Zeke here. Say hi Zeke. Hi Zeke. (laughs) (laughs) Hello everybody. So he is going to do this interview. I have no idea what he's going to ask me. I am so excited about this. I am an open book. He has been my friend, what, since 2009? It's been a minute. minute, Almost 10 years. And we met um, because I used to have an event planning business. And he had a band called 11th Hour, a jazz band. And he did, we and him, like, we worked together on different events along the uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast. And so, we had so much fun together, and we just never lost contact. He is one of my closest friends. I love him to pieces. Um, And I'm so happy that he is here, and he's willing to do this interview uh, for me and for you guys to kind of get a background on who I am, why I'm in this life coaching spiritual business, and uh, here we are. So, Zeke, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, I'm glad to be on the Soul Coach Podcast, episode 25. Yes. Uh, that's kind of cool. Never done a podcast. But, um, well, I've been in music education for almost 20 years. Wow. Uh, I have one daughter, my only child. She's 15. Um, got a dog. <laughs> um, okay. Um. I'm a Mississippi native, originally from the Mississippi Delta, currently living in Jackson, but I stayed on the coast, Mississippi Gulf Coast, for eight years, mm-hmm. which is how I got blessed to know April, <laughs> and we've gone through a lot together, yes. uh, learned a lot from each other, experienced a lot of ups and downs, but we're still here, I think that's what friendship is, Right. Um, but that's not much about me, so <laughs> I think we're here to learn a little bit more about Soul Coach. Yes, we are here to learn more about me. All right, you guys, let's get this interview started. All right, you guys, so now I'm simmered my little voice down a little bit. All right, Zeke. I am ready. Go right ahead. <laughs> okay, April, I'm really pleased to be doing this. Um, first question I'd like to ask you, what has been your biggest challenge uh, while you're in your truth, your power, your element? Um, I think, like, at first it, it, was, it's a hard, it was hard for me because... Um, I have, I was raised in a Christian background with a Christian background and here I am, um, incorporating spirituality in my life and in my son's life. And I just think that, you know, it's hard for my family and friends to, to see me in a different light, but this is my truth. And it's, and it's hard because it's not traditional, um, from where I'm from being from Mississippi, um, that's why I think that I navigated to uh, to New Orleans, and I just it grabbed me because I could be my true, authentic self there, with no judgment, and uh, and I think that that is uh, one of the challenges that I have is people not understanding what it is. I mean, I have people think that I do witchcraft and I'm a voodoo priestess, and and there's nothing wrong with any one of those things. But when people don't have an understanding or if they're scared of something, they automatically assume the worst. 
instead of trying to ask me what it is exactly that I do and my gifts, you know, I remember, you know, my aunt, one of my aunts was like, oh yeah, April, she feels things. And like, it was something wrong with me being very intuitive. Right. Like We all have that level of discernment. We all have it um, within us, but a lot of our, our gifts are not exposed or, you know, you just, you're not walking in your awaken I guess I can say that you're not awakened so you don't know how to utilize those gifts but we all carry intuition within us we have the feeling that something's going to happen we know that so I think that's one of the biggest challenges I have is like having people to understand exactly what it is that I do and that I'm here as a vessel from God to help people on their path yeah, I think we had this conversation before about sometimes people get what's faith and what's tradition. Right. And being in the South like we both are, everything is rooted in tradition. We've been doing it this way a hundred years, and so it's, if it's not like that, it's wrong. Exactly. It's not wrong. It's rooted in tradition. I mean, like everybody knows I was raised by my grandparents, my grandfather being a reverend. So, of course, I have that foundation but, you know, as you grow into your gifts and on your path, it changes. And it's okay. Because <laughs> when you live in your truth and you know that you first do no harm to anyone else, then, then I mean, there's nothing else that you can really do but be your true authentic self. I can't be anybody else but me. Yeah. And, th- and this is a part of who I am. And that's um, that's what God made you to be, and that's on purpose. Right, it is on purpose. So you're absolutely right, Z. So speaking of challenges, yes. What is the biggest challenge you face with your clients, versus uh, also what are the biggest rewards with your clients? Who, who child? Look, <laughs> I love my clients. I do, but they have this understanding. Some of them have this belief that I am um, a miracle worker. Like, I just have this miracle wand, and then I'm like, boop, all your problems and issues that you have carried with you for decades is going to automatically disappear in four four to eight weeks. That's not how that works. You have to do the work. The magic pill everybody's looking for. Right. You have to do the work. You have to put in the work. And I think a lot of them are surprised when they hire me as their spiritual coach because they're like, well, I, you know, I give them homework. And then I can tell by how they return their homework or, you know, how did they really go in depth or did they did they give it to me early? Like I can tell how they are on their path because I can tell like if somebody is really eager and ready to move and ready to do the work, they're asking me questions. They're emailing me consistently then I know that they're really serious about making a change in their life. If I have a client that's kind of like lazy and kind of getting me the homework when they feel like it, then I know that they're really not wanting to make the change themselves. They think that it's going to be something easy to do. Right. And it's something, it's hard. <laughs> and so they're, in essence, they're missing the coach part right. of soul coach. <laughs> Like, you have anybody's coaching you, chances are whatever they're coaching you in is not easy at all. You've got to no. put in some work if you need a coach to make it happen. Right. So they're missing that part. Coach. And, and that's the thing. Like, you have to do the work, and you have to change your life, like, completely. You have to do, and everybody that's my client knows that you have to do these daily routines. you got to do these affirmations. You have to do things that you've never done before in order to change and be what you need that your goals are that you want to manifest. It won't manifest if you keep doing the same old stuff. 
What's that yeah. saying about doing the same thing over and over yeah. and expecting to change? Clinical definition of insanity. Right. Yeah. It's a clinical definition of insanity. But, you know, I have that part of, like, my clients. But then I also have the loving, the fact that I have changed and made an imprint on my clients as they have left. I can see the change in a lot of them that it's just me, like, pushing them outside. It's like a kid learning to walk. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, go ahead, and you just push them. And then they have the tools that they need to succeed. So I know that once I give them the tools to succeed, then I've done my job. Yeah. And I'm also a vessel because I'm very intuitive. So I can read my clients, um, people that have passed over, um, their spiritual guides that's around them. I can feel all of that when I'm talking to my clients. So. I am really just being a vessel from God to help you on your path, but you have to do the work. Right. I can identify with that being a teacher. You know, you yes. it changes you too. <laughs> it does. You, know, you it see does. Um, the person that you pour into move forward and grow. It grows you from right. inside also. That's right. Yeah. Um, so how are you received in the occult slash spiritual community? I am um, not received <laughs> because nobody knows me right, and I'm right, new. Right. So um, because of that, I totally get it. Like, you know, um, I have my blog, which really started my business. But then I got on Instagram and really got serious about Instagram this year. And so a lot of the uh, cult and readers and you know all the coaches or whatever I'm new and I get that you know what I'm saying because they don't know my gifts they don't know who I am and so until I have really built that rapport with them and I have to do a better job uh, with reaching out as well because there's several people that's in a Mississippi well normally in the New Orleans area um that that I can reach out to, that I can, hey, let's go have a coffee. You know what I mean? So I have to do a better job with reaching out uh, to people that's in my field, um, especially, you know, in New Orleans. But, like, um, but on Instagram, like, I have to do a better job. Because it's a two-way street, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm new, but at the same time, I'm not giving an olive branch. I'm not like, hey, let's collaborate, let's do this, let's do that. Because that is how you really build you know, and people get to know who you are. Right. Now, there's a word in this question. Uh, <laughs> occult. Yes. Uh, scary word for especially people in the South, people in the church community in Mississippi. Explain how that's not to be received as, as it normally has. Because it usually has negative connotation. It does have negative connotation. Um, occult, um, for me, in my definition, is really just the spirituality of uh, magic and uh, the elements and alchemy. Uh, those things like that that people really don't understand. And uh, they say occult because they think, oh my God, it's occult. That's not that, you know, and you think about like Manson yeah, and you think yeah. about like Jim things Jones like that, Jim Jones and, yeah. and so forth. And that's just not the case for me. It's the alchemy of it. It's the, the elements of it. It's the magic behind the spirituality. Um, tying this into 
other conversations we've had, these same words, this terminology is used in a lot of the conspiracy theory, remember? Oh, yes. Stuff. Yes. Remember yes, when yes, I yes, told yes, you yes. I watched and consumed so much of that stuff, I had to stop. Right. Because um, you was going down the rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> yes. like quicksand. But <laughs> words like occult, words like alchemy, um, third eye, the all seeing eye, uh, that type of term, terminology was tied into. Um, Illuminati content, right? Uh, satanic rituals and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, what do you, what do you think about that connection with what those terminology, uh, uh, those terminologies uh, like the occult and uh, witchcraft, which you, right. which you, for the first time, I've heard from you as mm-hmm. a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, explain that to me. Because I think that you have to use your discernment when you utilizing these terms. With anything like magic, like some people say, and we've had this conversation. We talk a lot, you guys, just so just such a, so that you know. So I mean, like, so like you say, is there like you know black magic and white magic, or is it just magic? Yeah. You know, with anything, we as individuals and as humans, we have shadow sides. We have a light and a dark side. And our shadow side and our light side. So with anything, there's light and dark, good and yeah. bad. As above, so below. <laughs> right, right. Do you know what I mean? Right, so right. what you have to do for yourself is do your own research right. and use your own discernment in order to navigate to what works for you. Right. And I'm not here to judge if you want to worship the devil. That is your path. That's what you want to do. She's talking to somebody else about that. Now. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. But no, I'm just saying, though, yeah, like, you know, yeah. and I have no judgment with that. Right. Like, I can only do from my point of view, exactly. and my point of view is God light. And just because I am a spiritual worker, um, and I do work with elements and candle burning and conjure and things like that, but I do first, like, do no harm, like I mentioned before. I am here to help you to get on your path and to be the best person that you can be within you using God right. as a vessel to speak through me to you. Right. You have to make your own judgment on what is good and what is bad for you. Right. So if you get tied into these terms like Illuminati, the third eye, right. you know, all seeing eye and so forth, you need to do your own research and stop listening to YouTube, Instagram right. or whatever and do your own research and then step out and yeah. be like, okay, I need to learn more about this and that. The third eye to me or the all seeing eye, we all have a penal gland. That's exactly right. what right. the third eye is. It is an energy that's outside of you that it's your discernment. It's like I'm going down the highway. I'm driving down the highway, and then something is telling me to make a left because you're trying to avoid this accident. Right. <laughs> it's all together. So I just think people don't tap into that because it's programming yeah. that we have. Exactly. That doesn't open up the fact that you need to train your third eye. You need to make sure that you watch the food that you consume. You need to make sure that you are meditating and clearing your eye and and not um and making sure that it's not blocked. You know, I teach my son who's seven, and everybody knows about little A one. Yeah. He does breathing exercises with me. He knows the chakras because those are things that I didn't learn when I was little. Right. I learned that as an adult. But when you start training your children and start training yourself out of the program, then you will see that the cult, you won't get scared by words about cult, witchcraft, right, and these right. things like that. 
you know, uh, as in the Bible basically says you have to know God for yourself, your own personal relationship, not what you heard somebody say, Mm -mm. um, or what you, um, thought somebody meant. Right. So if you know it for yourself, there's no fear in any of that stuff because you're shielded by. Exactly. Exactly. And for me, uh, and I want you definitely like on our, our, (laughs) we talk so much anyway, (laughs) um, about being in the wilderness. What did you mean by that? Like you said that I was in the wilderness, like in the Bible. Yeah, in your um depression episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in November of 2017 when yeah. you said you were just kind of going through and going through, and nobody was there. Right. You didn't hear God. You didn't hear from anyone. Nobody mm-hmm. <laughs> reached out. Anything. Right. And you're the strong friend. Right. That needed to be checked on at that moment. Exactly. Or so you thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and listening to, um, I have a godfather back home um, who's also my pastor. He explained that um, Jesus was going through, when Jesus went through his wilderness experience, and before he stepped out into the public to minister to the people, he had to go through a trial. It was his 40 days and 40 nights of torment. Nobody, not hearing from any of his friends, family, not even his father. The only being and entity, the entity that was in his face was the devil. Mm-hmm. Trying to get mm-hmm. him to do things that would totally throw him off his path and take him out of his power. But he stayed true. Mm-hmm. He stayed steadfast to what his instructions were from his, from his father. And after he conquered that challenge... He was able to go out and minister. And that was you. That was you going through that challenge, yes. dealing with all the loss that you experienced. Right. Um, the, all the things that you were taking on, that was your wilderness experience because, yeah, you had a mission, but you were not ready until you went through that trial. All right now, Zeke. All right. <laughs> all right. So, that is exactly, when you explain that to me, I totally, like, I got it. Like, it was like some epiphany that just happened literally like 15, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> like, like, it literally just happened maybe an hour ago. But anyway, like, I literally was like, that's exactly what it was because I didn't hear anybody. I didn't hear anybody. I didn't see anybody. I didn't feel anybody. But I was supposed to be that way. Yeah. And then after that experience, like, the November of last year, 2017, is when... Like, after the new year started, I just kind of, like, I was like, I cried all my tears out. Yeah. And then I was like, so what's next? What are you going to do next? What yeah. are you going to do now? Then you've got all this stuff going on. What are you going to do? And that's when God showed up in my dreams. And it was my version of what God looks like showed yeah, up yeah. to me and told me that I was protected. Yeah, you were ready to get out there. And, and I was ready. And, that, and yeah, because it's been a war because... Anybody that carries light and is an empath, they are uh, constantly under under attack. Yeah. So you have to make sure that you do protection spells and, and protect yourself and pray because you are under attack. And yeah. more so than anyone else because you know your power and you know what your goal and you know your path and you know what your goal is going to be. And so there's going to be people that's going to come and grab you. And it comes through the people that are closest to you. Yeah. It's just like uh, in um, Outwitting the Devil. Yes, When Napoleon Hill characterizes um, Mr. What was his name, Mr.? What was the, the, there was the opposition, who was mm-hmm. God. There was the devil. And 
I don't remember. <laughs> Either way, it was yeah. basically uh, depicting the human being and the human experience. You're if you're not definite and clear on your purpose, the devil can do anything he wants to. Absolutely. He can, and all it is, you have to outsmart him by being in your purpose and in your power. And when, when it's that time for you to move in your power, he can throw things at you. But as long as you stay on that path in your purpose, there's nothing he could do but keep trying. That's right. He's going to keep trying, exactly. but you got to keep trying too. That's true because just this past week, I had a trigger. And I think I talked about this um, on my little last little snippet or whatever. And I was telling you guys to get out your head. Like I was in my head. You know, I was yeah. just like, my vision board was on the ground. I was like, ah, 2019, I got all this shit to do. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and I was falling in my head because it was like somebody triggered me. Yeah. And that trigger was there for me to like recognize what it was. The old April would have sat in that trigger for a day, a week, or a month. You yeah. know what I mean? And still like let it manifest and to grow to something bigger than what it really was. But the new April, the new and approved 5.0 April yeah. was like, no. That's- I recognized what it was and I was like, okay. I can't give my power away like that. Yeah, because sometimes I, there was a, a friend of mine. We were out, I think, on the in Florida somewhere, in the pool, mm-hmm. and his wife was just kicking and screaming, kicking and screaming. He was like, "Baby, stand up, it's three feet." And it's yes. like we get into that sometimes. We think it's deeper than it really is, and all we have to do is stand up and recognize what it is and move out, That's free right. ourselves. Exactly. That is so crazy to me. But yeah, like being on your path and allowing God to use you or whoever you believe in, you you know, yeah. God, the universe, source. Uh, spirit, because I'm a spiritual coach and I studied religion, so I know that it's more people have different beliefs based off, you know, their traditions, based off their heritage, based off, you know, whatever your soul is connecting to. So I have no judgment with that. But however you, however you perceive your, however you perceive God for you, and uh, being on your path is what we are reincarnated to do. Yeah, another conversation we had about the same thing. Um, if we say that God is omniscient, all-knowing, omnipotent, all-powerful, and omnipresent everywhere at the same time, why do we, and I think it's just the, the limitations in the human experience, that we only see God, only believe God exists in this one form or this one um, depiction or, or, or um disposition when he could possibly she could possibly they could possibly be mm-hmm. everywhere at the exact same time manifesting themselves in different ways based on the people who are, who are viewing right and it doesn't make god any less god and there may be no one wrong truth exactly quote, unquote. Yeah. um there's no one wrong way to serve god mm-hmm. or to represent god um and it's just something that came to me this morning. I'm like, huh, what if? Right, right. You know, is it arrogance in, on our part to think that God only exists like we learned as a child? Mm-hmm. Or can it be all of it? Um, I, I'm more apt to think that it's everything. It, it so, is. For me, that's what I think because of me studying religion in 2015. And I got a view of everybody's point of view of what they worship and what builds their spirit. Hinduism, 
Buddhism, Christianity, like all these different religions, but they're still saying the same yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know, on the flip side, maybe and and I really believe this the tradition thing is not just here in the South. Everybody right. has their own traditions. So I think all people from all walks of life, all faiths may have their traditions that they're clinging on to. Mm-hmm. And more so or even in line with their faith. Right. Or they're not seeing the faith for what it is through because of that tradition being a blocker. That's right. And so uh, so I, and I say that I hear you mention um the universe. God, spirit, right. and one person, there might be somebody out there that gets offended, mm-hmm. you know, and I say, maybe not, don't get offended, because maybe all of those things are true. Right, right, and and everybody knows how I feel about, you know, the church and uh, Christianity, I think that a lot of times we stand on Christianity and we pick and choose what we want out the Bible, yeah, I was yeah. raised of Christianity, I know, I know Christians, and I just feel like a religion is is not uh, it should be a way of life that's why I feel spirituality is connected to me more than being in a religious background or a religion because I feel like, right it's a whole bunch of set of rules that is like you can't do this or you can you can't, you should, you would, you know what I'm saying and it's all these different things and I'm just like no, it's a, it should be a lifestyle. If I see my family members going to church every habitual church goers, yeah. every Sunday, every Wednesday, but then they come out of church and they're talking about people yeah. and they walk with evilness. Yeah. That's yeah. not yeah. God-like. That's not. And, you know, a lot of people do that. Um, yes. There's, a, there's the Christian and then there's the church goer. There's the... Mm-hmm. Um, whatever faith you belong to, whatever label you want to put on right. it, God is still God. It does not take away from who he is and the path that you're supposed to be on to represent him. Mm-hmm. Whatever that path is, um, like I said, religion is just a bunch of rules. You and I are friends. What if I just had, or you just had a bunch of rules every time we spoke? Right. There was right. just, okay, we got to go through these rules and we got to do this, turn around three times, exactly. jump on your leg before exactly. I say hello to April. And mm-hmm. it's just not, I don't think God is like that. No, he's not. He's not. And I remember, like, you know, like my grandfather being a reverend and him raising me that I had um, my neighbor across the street when I was little. She was deaf. So she taught me sign language. Her parents were church goers. Right. Christian, diehard Christians. And I remember wearing a Michael Jackson T-shirt. And I went over there and they were like. You brought the devil in the house. <laughs> exactly. Get the devil out of the house. That Michael Jackson. <laughs> That ain't of God. Right. And told me that I could not come over and play with her because I had a Michael Jackson t-shirt on. We're Christians. We don't believe in that. And I'm like, but it's Michael Jackson. Like, and that was Michael Jackson back in the 80s. Right. You know God made Michael so, Jackson. You know? So I'm just like, wait, what's going on? Like, you know? That devil music. <laughs> exactly. So what is that about? Like, oh, you know, and then I just, oh, I just left this this image in me like what is that about like that's terrible and then like I would go to my grandfather and he ran two churches and I just would go to him with all these questions about religion and things like didn't make sense like Cain and Abel like where this how did this all happen like this isn't making nothing's adding up and not one single time did he judge me 
or told me that I could not ask these questions right. or anything like that. And because of that, that is why I have been so open to religion because he allowed me to be open and I can ask questions because there's some religions and some churches that you can't ask. Don't question God. Don't do, you know? And see, I think that's another form of control. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty much using faith as a guidebook for slavery or whatever kind to keep people under their control right. and right. manipulating scripture in order to um, get people to do what they want to submit to whatever agenda is right. going on at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you can find traces of that all throughout certain translations of whatever you're reading. Especially, the, I think the Bible itself is the most translated. It is. And that's that's probably a whole different yes, podcast. Yes, that is totally yeah, different that's, podcast. That's, <laughs> yeah. The Bible and the Quran. Yeah. So, through this journey, yes. who is it that um, you look up to, that you admire, that you consider a role model? Ooh. You wanted to be many. Ooh. You know? That is, that's a hard question. And let me tell you why. Because I don't know anyone like me. There is nobody <laughs> like you, April. I know, right? <laughs> I know. No, that, um, that's relatable to my journey. Yeah, and I know yeah. that there is. But for me, being where I'm from and then to go into spirituality and then, like, like starting at ground zero into getting into, like, you know, spirituality and, like, conjuring and... And it's a it's a calling that I have that I can't explain, and so it's hard. It's you know what I mean, like because let me just tell you this story. So recently, I um I have always been connected to Marie Laveau, but I just didn't know why. Marie Laveau is the queen of voodoo in New Orleans, right? And so a lot of people that's you know from Haitian descent or whatever, uh, they they find that Marie Laveau is like very commercial. It's not like really, it's not real voodoo and so forth and mm. so on, right? That's interesting. Yeah, and this is something that I just learned because I, you know, I, I didn't know. So back uh, uh, several years ago, uh, me and one of my friends was walking down St. Anne, and St. Anne has uh, Marie Laveau's house. I didn't know that was Marie Laveau's house. We were just walking by, and my friend is in love with chandeliers, right? So she saw the chandelier, and I'm like, I don't want to go in there. <laughs> I don't want to look at no chandelier. We're about to go to the bar. <laughs> right. We got to go get some drinks. We're not because we're leaving Armstrong Park. So anyway, she said, come on, April, come on. Well, it was a calling that I needed to be pulled into that building. I get in there, and the second I walk in, I could feel a spirit because I'm very, I, I can feel spirits, okay? It's what I, one of my gifts. And I, I walk in, I can feel the spirit, and I was like, I don't want to be in here because I'm like, I, don't, I already know what this is about. And as I'm walking in, there's this woman, and I am not a, uh, with my guests, because I, uh, I can't visually see, but I can feel, and an image comes in my third eye, yeah. you know, it's like that. So, I can see this woman, like, on the staircase, and it was a spirit. It could be Marie Laveau, or it could be her daughter. I'm not sure. It's one of the two was on that corner. On Like, I'm looking at the stairs, and I see it, and I'm about to pass out because I was like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> so my friend, 
is still looking up at the ceiling at the chandeliers. I'm like, Lord, Lord, like, can I? I'm ready to go, right? <laughs> so as I hit the corner and I walk into the lobby, I see this big painting of Marie Laveau. And I'm like, wow. And I'm looking and I'm thinking about like spirits like remember when your son was just happened literally like a week or so before I had a bookmark with Marie Laveau's picture on it and A1 picked it up in the car and he's like oh look at grandma and I said that's not your grandma (laughs) he's like yeah that's grandma I said no that's not your grandma and he just kept saying it over and over and over again and then he was like yeah that's grandma and then he just like put it down Hmm. anyway I I went to that memory and then I saw that picture and then like this overwhelming feeling came over me and I felt like I was about to pass out so I had to like my friend she was looking at me like are you okay and so like I drunk some water and then I'm like what what is this right and so I just left it alone but I just find like every time I'm around or in the French Quarter there's something about Marie Laveau that will come up and so I recently like to make this story this long story short spirits connect to you because they want to work with you they pick you it's just like voodoo they it's like it chooses you and there's something in your um ancestry lean what is it lineage 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 lineage, uh that is pulling your spirit because I do believe that we all reincarnate. I do believe, that's my belief. I believe we reincarnate. And then, like, whatever it is with, like, Marie Laveau wanting to connect or, like, voodoo or whatever, it's it's something there because I've had dreams about it. I've had a dream that Papa Legba came to me, you know, and it's just, like, I'm getting pulled and it's not of my doing. And I know that I'm protected by God. Because he showed me in a dream. So you have to go through with that. I'm not trying to get off the subject, but I'm just saying, like, you just, it connects to you. So for me to have a role model, I don't have one right now. And and there's people that I admire via Instagram. You know, there's one girl that I like. Her name is Jessica. She's the house of hoodoo. And she puts out a lot of educational posts. uh, Things that, uh, that I understand things that, like, I want her to be my mentor. Gotcha. You know, because she gets it. And uh, because there's so many people that are into voodoo that my spirit does not connect to. Okay. Does that make sense? sense, So I said all that just to say, (laughs) (laughs) I don't really have a role model in my life right now. Um, And I don't want to do anybody famous. I want someone that's tangible. I want a mentor. I have a lot of spiritual teachers. I have a spiritual teacher that's going to be on my next podcast, Ephraim. You know, um, he's taught me a lot about spirituality. I had Miss Pat. Uh, She really is the one that taught me about chakras, kundalini energy, and things like that. So I think that when you're on this journey, you have to appreciate the process. Yeah. And allow and be allowing and be open, open and use your discernment when you are going through, going through this path, when you're on this path. Speaking of voodoo, do you practice voodoo? No, okay. no, I don't, I don't, I don't. So. And voodoo is not like everybody says, like it's a religion, like voodoo is a religion, it's this, what, whatever, but 
Voodoo is also a, a way of life. Yeah. It's more of just chickens, you know, or whatever the images and, and rituals. Yeah. It's more than it's more than that. Okay. Um, it's way more than that, and I'm still learning what that is because I just think that you know my grandmother on my mom's side, born and raised in Louisiana, and she spoke French, and she instilled in my mom and them that voodoo was bad. So my mom is like, if I like burn sage yeah. or a Palio Santo, which are just like natural things that you burn to get rid of bad spirits and cleanse the air and dead spirits, you know, my mom's like, that's voodoo, that's voodoo, I don't want that in my house. And I'm just like, but that's from her conditioning from my grandmother that was born and raised in Louisiana that spoke French that's very familiar with voodoo. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's all about like perceptions and things like that. You're right. <laughs> because as a kid, uh, all right, I'm from Greenville, Mississippi. That's pretty right. much as Mississippi as you can get. <laughs> yes. That's the Delta, home of blues, all that stuff. But my grandmother used to receive um, letters from these these pastors that would just send, you know, correspondence asking for her for money. And she I used to get mad at her. I'm like, you give him $5 to that dude? I need $5, you know. Right. But in these envelopes would be these little trinkets, these prayer cloths, these little veils of oil, these, oh, yeah. um, it was one thing just, just freaked me out. It was, um, it was the size of a handkerchief, a burlap claw, and someone had drawn an imprint of what was supposed to be Jesus' face on the cloth saying that it was his shroud. And I'm like, how is this a shroud that fits inside of an envelope? You know, and it's, it's amazing what people call voodoo. Right. But, you know, you send these little trinkets. If you pour this on your couch and throw it across the room, exactly. you get blessed. Like, that's not right. what, no. And so it's ironic that they call stuff like burning candles and saying Right, and, right. And, and, like, as if voodoo's a bad thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, this negative... A Hollywood version of what voodoo is, you know what I'm Certainly saying? Rainbow, right, like exactly. And yeah. it's not, it's not, it is not like that. Because if it, it's just not like that. <laughs> and that's another podcast waiting. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. All right. Um, so, as far as your business is concerned, yes. the commercial side of Soul Coach, what is your clear vision for for um, the Soul Coach? Endeavor. Oh my goodness. So the business is Soul One Enterprises LLC and underneath that is my coaching business. Mm-hmm. And coaching and spiritual coaching, clear vision is me just being able to help as many people as I can to get on their path and to be connected mind, body and soul. That's why I have that's why it's called Soul Coach, S O L E. Because it's your soul, S O U L, that you need to balance. And you need to allow your higher self to be in the driver's seat in order to be on your path. And I learned the hard way. I was on my path in 07. A couple of years before I even met you. Yeah, yeah. God came to me and was like, this is what you're supposed to do. And I was like, no. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> How much money did I make? <laughs> Don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put that on me. Because that's how it was. That's my mind frame. Like, you know, it's like, because I was out there, I had a great career, I was making money. I was like, how much money is that going to be? What what I got to do? I'm not changing that. No, I'm not changing my lifestyle. I'm not doing that. 
So then it was just like I kept running from what it is that God wanted me to do. So my clear vision is to help people like me, to help women and men like me, but mostly women, women that try to balance everything but aren't taking care of themselves. And when you, right, and when you are taking care of yourself and self-love, my self-love podcast is the number one podcast of listeners because we aren't self, we aren't giving ourselves the love we need. And to be able to help women understand the importance of self-love and stop accepting mediocrity and thinking that it's great. And so many times people have been taught that taking care of yourself, if you're focusing enough on yourself, other people will say it's too much and call you selfish. Right. Because you're not giving to them or to others, which is selfish in itself. Exactly. And when you pour in your own cup, it's so easy for you to be able to give more. But if you're just consistently giving, 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 then you're going to be a dead battery and you're not going to be good to nobody, your family, your man, or whatever. And I just want people to understand that they need to use, to be in their power. Put your mask on first. Yeah. You're on the aircraft, it's going down. Yeah, be in your power. And I want to empower women to understand that they they have the power within them to, to be on the path that they need to be on and that they're going to be taken care of. But you have to take the leap of faith. And a lot of people don't want to take the leap of faith because they're scared. There's programs. There's environments. There's family, you know, uh, family traditions and thought processes that stop them. And I just want people to step out on faith and think outside of the box when it comes to their spirituality, their self-love, and their power. What do you, uh, what would you say to, um... I'm so high-strong and you're just like, yeah, because, you know, what do you say? (laughs) Oh, very white and shit. (laughs) Because I don't get it. Oh, no, no. Hello, this is April, the soul coach. So if you want to have a podcast... This is what you do. She's talking about me, right? I'm like, like, what? Like, I have to light candles when I listen to April. <laughs> like, okay, let me turn I off know, the lights. I know. Let me get some wine. You know. I know. I had, once I had somebody <laughs> on Instagram was like, man, I like falling. You make me want to go to sleep. He's like, well, there was a lady. She was just like, after listening to you, just so relaxing. I just want to like... You know, fall right to sleep. It's amazing. You know, I know when to turn my little like sexy a little voice on. Feather flowing down. Right, right. Well, you know, I study hypnotherapy, so I learned how to like do scripts in hypnotherapy. So when you hypnotizing someone, you have to like lower your voice and really talk soft and you know things like that. You but you, you know, right now, now I'm like hot, strong. I'm like, ah, you wake up, six You're a chicken now. You listen to April. Just swung a watch in front of your face. Exactly. So what would you tell men though that um that need to be on the same path? You know, I think with a lot of men they as men we're told not to show vulnerability. Um we're told that you're weak if you show that side of yourself or if you're if you're without or if you're not strong in one area, you well, you're not it's not that you're not even strong. You're not a man. Right. If you're lacking in any area, oh, you're not right. a man. Your whole masculinity is questioned. That's so Just true. based on on lack or based on any kind of deficiency. Not a mistake. That's not right. a shortcoming. Not an oversight. You are not a man. So, what would you say to in the, in that situation to men? Um, for my male clients that I've had, it's only been a few because I have majority of my clients are women. Yeah. Um, the ones that have come forward are the ones that are strong in their masculinity. 
they own themselves they know who they are and they are open and they're willing to listen i just feel like you know a lot of men bury their emotions instead of like allowing um their emotions to be seen uh, they would have more success (laughs) not for as far as like tangible things like third like 3d thing but growth yeah um better communication in their relationships if they would be more open um even when uh i've had a couple of uh relationship uh coaching yeah it's always the man that just like i'm cool i'm good and you're not because you're you're not not, you're not first of all a lot of and, and men and men and women the same they don't get it's like what i want to say they want to um they don't want to like those wounds that they carry they don't they like bury the wounds like you've been shot up you're not yeah. going to heal any of these wounds yeah you're just going to continue to let the hole this gapping hole yeah. that you have in your chest just leak <laughs> see you know honestly that's taught from childhood and i think it's so great that you're teaching your son differently mm-hmm. um but as a child growing up, you could if you couldn't provide, if you cried, if you said that hurt, if you know somebody hit you, anything right. that you showed that was human, mm-hmm. you're not a man. And so That's it created right. a generation of men who don't open up because we were told it was wrong until we learned differently. And some of us learned the hard way, and some of us just took the thing by the horn and just said, you know what? put my pride in my back pocket, throw it away and just go out here and let somebody know I need some help. Right. You know, right. and a lot of times and you know, especially in our community also, the black community, you know, if you're seeking help, oh, something's wrong with you, you're crazy. That's you right. know, you saying what? A therapist you better go to church, you know, drink some water. You know, right. that's that's exactly. what we were told. But that starts from childhood and so it's a lot of unlearning that has it to is. take place. It is. I agree. A lot of unlearning um, because even with like my son, his dad's that way. He does that. Don't cry. Don't don't yeah. hug him. Don't pick him up. Don't do. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, no. Like, but the mother is a nurturer. Yeah. You know, and I get that. And the and the men are like mostly the disciplinary. I, I totally understand that. But at the end of the day, though, I told a one. I said, like, you need to make sure you talk to me. Yeah. Whatever you're feeling, I am here to listen to you. Like, you need to tell me how you feel. Because I always ask him, I'm telling you, I should be a psychologist. (laughs) 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 Because I was like, you know, uh, I said, well, how was your day at school? And so I dissect that. And I was like, so how does that make you feel when she said no? You know, in in being able to express his feelings and and not shun him because he cries or he that well that hurt my feelings. I was like, oh okay, yeah. that you know, and and embrace that instead of saying, oh, you need to toughen up. Yeah, you need yeah. to toughen up because that that doesn't make you strong. That doesn't give yeah. you strength. In some cases, yeah, you need to you be need to be tough, but you're still right. a human being. You're not without emotion. You're not without nerve ending for God's sake. Right. And I'm thinking like, so we're not supposed to cry. And when I got whooping and this water comes out of my face, then why is it there if I'm not supposed to? You know, and Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. you take that on into manhood. So just this stuff that you find yourself trying to unlearn. But the more you go through life, the older you get, the more you learn about yourself. And the least you find out you already know about yourself. And one of those things is being able to be vulnerable not overly sensitive always in your feelings but you're a human being with those things that need to be expressed because 
a lot of us men, we don't talk about depression much. No. We don't talk no. about being depressed, but if you look at some of the things that are going on, we, we, what do you think all this crime is? That's a manifestation of some That's kind right. of depression. Mm-hmm. It's something that's missing because it wasn't dealt with throughout life. It was just bottled up. Right. I know, like, you know, one of my clients, you know, the, his, the girl that he was dealing with, um, she kept talking about, you know, his relationship with his mom. And I was like, so what does that mean? She's like, she tried to call me a mama's boy and so forth. And I was like, so why is she demasculating him? You know what I'm saying? Because he has a great relationship with his mom. Because it's learned from her mom. You know, and it's just like the cycle. But for my clients, for my male clients, like the ones that are very honest with me, because I have to always be like, I need you to be transparent. Yeah. In order for me to truly help you, you yeah. need to be transparent. So don't tiptoe around me. And then I find like one side, like, because people open up to me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just have that nature. And then I, fi- I find like, you know, the deep seated wounds on a lot of stuff. When they totally open up to me, and I and I love that. I really enjoy that from men. I wish I had more men clients, but you know, no, <laughs> I understand. It could, it could happen. I mean, it's something that I think, like anything, um, there has to be some established trust. And a yes. lot of times, right. you know, my saying for the past year and a half, sometimes people don't listen till it hurts. And it hurts bad yes. enough, you're going to either get some help or you're going to do something stupid. That's right. Um, That's right. And, and so I, I encourage if there are any men listeners out there, uh, talk to somebody. There is, yeah. There is several. Somebody, yeah. Uh, open up. You know, if there's another a father figure or anybody, just go. If you got a boo-hoo, cry, snot, go do that. Get That's it out right. because it's going to manifest itself some kind of way. It will. And it a definitely lot of times will it's manifest not itself. Good. That's you'll, right. You'll find yourself at the bottom of a bottle. Or, or you'll and, take you know, it out on your partner. Yeah, or or anybody else you come out with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, a lot of that domestic violence comes from that. Right. A lot of child abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I experienced that as a kid. And um, like that may be a whole different podcast right, as well. Right. So, <laughs> right. But it's, it's, it's very important that we re-learn uh, and redefine what masculinity is mm-hmm. um, so that we can not control or be controlled, but we can compliment the women that are out there. Right. You know, right. be the help for each other that we need. Exactly. And be in support. Right. In yeah. the balance that they need. So, yeah, yeah that's my clear vision of soul. Uh, my coaching part of Soul One Enterprises. There's other um, businesses underneath that, but I'm not going to talk about that in, right now. No, more to come, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. There's more to come, but that's next year. Okay. We'll wait. <laughs> but yeah, we'll... the Soul One. But I definitely like. Ultimately, I do want to open up a wellness center. Right. Yeah, that's my that's my goal. And I normally don't tell people my goals, but uh, my goal is to open up a wellness center because I want a place where people can come. And do healing work yeah, rather that's yeah, a few, yeah. Years, back, a yeah. few years back uh a coaching uh like a coaching spot or like Reiki or whatever I want it to be where it's just like at the barber shop you like rent a space like just like the healers can come in and rent a room, so whatever they are like I'll have a list like if they're Reiki practitioners or they do cupping or they do anything that's holistic or healing uh they can come to that place so real, it'd be like a wellness center real quick about Reiki real quick yes how does Reiki differ from faith Reiki is not faith Reiki is not religion Reiki is an energy okay it's a healing energy so 
it's for the listeners out there that may think that okay, practice Reiki. What is practicing Reiki? What is it? And in in my head, it's well, if you practice martial arts, it doesn't make you a Buddhist. It, you right, know, exactly. It's, it's just it's a practice. It's a maybe a science. A right. It's just like um, I always compare it to acupuncture. Okay. You know, there's mediums and energy spots in your body. Acupuncture use needles to mm-hmm. get those spots and to like release because there's a blockage or so forth. Yeah. Reiki works with your chakras, your seven basic energy points in your body. And in your body, your energy body, you hold blockages based off different experiences that you've had through your life. And some people operate, you know, in their lower chakras, which is like, you know, self-worth, you know, things like that. I'm not going to get too involved into it. But Reiki helps clear, cleanse, align, and then heal those blockages. That's why after you have a Reiki session, there's like a 21-day processing period. So you can have synchronicities that happen. You can have dreams that happen. You can have all these things because it's clearing those blockages that you have buried. And a lot of times, like with my Reiki clients, I try to have them do a Reiki session once every quarter. Like do it four times a year. What is that? You know, just to clear and cleanse and align your chakras. Because when you hold blockages in your chakras, it is like you're walking and the blockage is hard for things to manifest. Like I recently did... My friend Jessica, you know Jessica, um, I did her, and I've been wanting to do Reiki on her for like a long time, and and it was just like, I had to be right as the vessel, and she had to be right. Right. And me doing that clearing for her shifted her energy, she said April. Like, I, it was a big deal. (laughs) It was, because I can feel the energy. Um, I've helped so many people with Reiki. Like, if I could do Reiki all day, every day, I would do it. So, it's a therapy. It's a therapy. It's a therapy. Not a, that not uses a, energy, but yeah. I use my hands. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I'm a vessel for the energy. And you have to be attuned to that. So, you have a Reiki master that, it's like, initiates you into that. Okay. Great. Great. Uh, maybe that cleared that up for somebody. So. Last April. question. <laughs> it's a two-part question. Okay. It's a two-part okay. question. Okay. okay. Simple. Yes. Are you happy? And what does God mean to you, not everybody else? Um, am I happy? Yes. And I'm going to try not to get emotional. Because it's a long road to this person right here. Let me just tell you, you've been witness to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way I was engaged when I first met Zeke. And I was just in a place like, do I do what everybody tells me to do and marry this man that on paper looks really good? I like follow my own way and be like no and I'm so grateful that that conversation shifted that's how we became friends that's how we became friends because I literally was about to go down this rabbit hole and marry this man I had no business marrying but because he bought me stuff <laughs> like, let me marry this man because he can buy me stuff. You know, that's not like you know, that's not what a marriage is. That's not my ideal of what marriage is. It's more than material things. It's everything. It's a partnership, and um, they need to be, you know, together spiritually, emotionally, you know, all of these things. But anyway, um, just going through that. So in '07, I got God came to me and was like, "This is what you need to do." And then I ran and ran and ran and ran. And then, like, I got engaged. And that, I 
got out of that engagement, got involved with my son's father, then that didn't work out, and then it was just like this roller coaster ride of like different jobs that I was going through and then like traveling and then having a son and it was just like chaos. I felt like pig pen. I was like grounded. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was so busy chasing money um, and and not really following what God asked me to do. So I was running away from it. That's why he was like, I'm going to make your life chaotic because you're not doing what I told you to do. And that's exactly what happened. And, And until... Last year is when I was like, I surrender. Oh, my godfather explained God like a, a vice. He puts you in it, and you can try to run all you want, but he's going to keep applying pressure. Keep yes. applying pressure. Yes. Keep applying pressure until you just, okay, I give up. That's right. I surrender. That's how he does you. So, speaking of God, what does he mean to April? Your um, personal account. So, yes, to answer your question, I'm very happy. I'm yeah. very happy now. I might not be exactly I where it. I want, I but people can see it in me. Like, yeah. I just, like, I am happy. You can tell my skin is glowing. Like, I'm just like, yeah. hey, I look happy, <laughs> right? Um, I'm happy. And then it's also, like, I'm happy if I have $1,000 in my bank account or $5 in my bank account. It's not yeah. about the money anymore for me. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, that to that me was, was such a... A big thing for me for so long. I'm holding on to all the money. I gotta have the money. And then yeah. it's slipping through my fingers and then having it again. And you know what I'm saying? So that to me, I think it was uh, very important. And I think that me having the freedom of not caring what people think about me, uh-huh. not keeping up with the Joneses, not having this image or idea that I need to be a certain person. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Somebody else's idea. Somebody I, else's idea of what I should be. Yeah. Um, I don't, don't care. I don't give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> I straight don't care. You, you know what I mean? Like my family's like, what is she doing? What's going on? What's this? You know? And I don't. I'm like, I don't tell them nothing. Because at the end of the day, <laughs> if if those people were with you through your your downs, and then you're on your upside. You know, it, if they're not there to contribute to any of it. Exactly. Do their thoughts see? and their opinions don't matter. It doesn't matter. So, I was like, you know, whatever. I've cut off friends. I have, like, all people that I thought were friends. Like, I just had to do a, a chopping board. But I did all that so I can be happy. And I am happy. And I and because of that, my son is reaping the benefits of yeah. that. So, yes, I'm very happy. And what God means to me, God is everything. He is the energy of Buddha. He is the energy of Hinduism. He is the energy. He is the universe. He is everything. And when you pray to God, and, and it, I just think that sometimes, like I said before, church, sometimes it feels as if God is a, not a part of us. Like God is separate. You know. And for me, God is within me. And also a part of everything. And because of that, I know that I'm protected. Because I pray that if it's not for my highest good, then I don't want it to manifest in my life. So he has blocked friends from seeing me. He has blocked relationships. He has pulled people away from me. Like, oh no, April, that person is not for you. You need to get it. No. And stop yeah. trying to chase something that doesn't belong to you because that is no good over there. 
So I feel like God is everything and also a part of me. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's um, ironic you said the church is not, it, it doesn't feel like it's a part of us. Um, another conversation, um, how people are kind of falling away from the church and the mm-hmm. Bible itself speaks of falling away from the church and it's only because the church stopped connecting to God. They started connecting right. to personal agendas. They exactly. started connecting to uh, exactly. enterprise and all this other stuff and forgetting about God's people. Right, and not being a place to heal. Like, I want to go to church and I want to feel like I am getting a lesson. I want to feel like I'm getting empowered. And I want to feel like I'm not getting ridiculed because I made a sin or what your idea of what sinning is. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, and I love going to church because I love music. I love to hear the word. I love to hear when I'm motivated. And I'm not saying that it needs to be some little Joel Osteen, happy-go-lucky thing, everything's pop. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying that I want to be taught. Yeah. And I want, and I don't want to be ridiculed. And I just, you know, and I don't want to feel, and I don't want to be judged. And that's been the biggest problem. It took me a while to even, um embrace what God was in my life because mm-hmm. I thought it was all about judgment and all about the rules and I'm that's like right. okay I've messed it I'm, I'm just gonna burn right. and that's there's nothing I can do about mm-hmm. God I don't like me you know because I want this and I want that and it's all wrong it's, it it's, it's judgment it it's is. people it's people right. judging right exactly if we need something to make us feel better about ourselves so we want to put somebody else mm-hmm. down and point the finger mm-hmm. at somebody else like the way you dress or yeah. like who you wear. Wearing Michael Jackson t shirt like, to church. Right. Yeah. You know, like those <laughs> the, kind of things. House. And it's like, wait, what about like God? Yeah. Why are we not, a, why are we from God? And I just think that, you know, one of the things that got me, you know, um, is that I just don't see a lot of churches doing grassroots. Yeah. Yeah. I don't That's see true. them out in the community. You know, and I'm saying, I'm not saying that they don't. There's I'm just saying, do, there's some that do, don't. but the majority of them there's don't. More don't. I mean, you know, if you know that there's people that are starving and hungry that's in your congregation, what are you doing to help? What is, you know what I'm saying? And not outside of the church, but inside the church. Yeah. You know, and I just, you know, I want to see more of that, but, but I don't see God... Um, for me, and this is my experience, and not everybody's going right. to agree with me because somebody might go to an amazing church and that's great and dandy yeah. for them. I'm just saying from my experience, I want to see God, more God in church. Yeah, I think we all do. I want to see that. I want to see the healing. I want to see the love. I want to see, and you know, as a spiritual, like the working from your heart chakra, we supposed to be in love and be genuine with it and be authentic with the love that we're supposed to give to ourselves first. And then it pours. All right, you guys, so that totally cut off because it was an hour and I didn't pay attention to the time, but it's all good. Um, But anyway, I just want to thank Zeke so much for doing this interview for me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This started because of what? You had interviewed me for something else. Yeah, I'm in grad school and I had an assignment and I need somebody to interview for some questions. And the flow just happened. It did. And I was like, man, can you interview me for my podcast? I think that I just want, you know, the whole purpose of it was for you guys to get to know me better. uh, To see, you know, really where I came from. 
what my goals are, you know, for 2019, which is really just having more reach, more people, to help more people. You know, God showed me that I'm supposed to help millions. Yeah. And I'm only helping hundreds. <laughs> but it's a process, though, Calm and I'm okay. Uh, you know what I mean? So, like, I really need to to think about, like, my reach. I think that's why I got in my head this week because I'm thinking about 2019 and how I can really reach more people. But uh, thank you again, Zeke. Thank you for having me. You guys, thank you so much. You know how to reach me. Um, You can email me at soul, S-O-L-E, O-N-E, at mail.com. My Instagram is soulcoach, S-O-L-E-C-O-A-C-H, underscore, on Instagram. And Zeke, what's your Instagram? Z-F-H Music. Z-F-H Music. All right. Thank you, guys. Talk to you next week.